0: When the Buddha describes the journey of awakening, uh, he says that the journey of awakening begins with suffering. Uh, To some extent what that means is that uh, we recognize that there's suffering in our lives and out of a wish to be free from suffering, we decide to uh, follow a path that will lead us to the end of suffering, to a true happiness, to awakening. And I think we can, uh, many of us, most of us, perhaps all of us can identify with this motivation and this beginning part of our practice. We realize that there's suffering. Uh, We're looking for a way out of suffering. Uh, We wanna end suffering. So there's an understanding that there's suffering, uh, stress, difficulty, challenge in our lives and there's also a movement of compassion you know it's just that that seed of compassion that uh, that begins us on this path uh, that little bit of a connection of uh, understanding and seeing that they're suffering and uh, out of compassion for ourselves the wish that we have to be free from suffering that we all have that we all have uh, we're motivated the compassion motivates us to, to follow the path So we're all uh, uh, motivated by a wish to be free from suffering. Uh, We, in the service of uh, having freedom from our suffering, attempt to meet our suffering. Uh, And of course, this is what the path asks that we do, is that we meet our suffering, that we open to our suffering. Uh, that we open to the pain uh, and you know when we're talking about suffering here we're talking about mental suffering uh, the pain in the mind uh, the struggle in the mind as it relates to our human experience uh, which of course is always challenging uh, the the painful emotions uh, the various forms of aversion and desire Uh, I always like the way the Buddha described it uh, not wanting uh, what we're joined with and uh, wanting what we're not joined with, what we're separated from. Uh, so uh, we, we have this uh, uh, intention to meet our suffering uh, but more often than not, our suffering uh, knocks us off balance more often than not uh, we become overwhelmed by our suffering sometimes the overwhelm is very blatant sometimes it's very subtle Uh, we feel uh, when we experience suffering that it's overwhelming we feel like it can get the better of us we may feel intimidated by it Uh, uh, we we experience it uh, some aspect of suffering pain uh, a strong emotion, uh, some form of uh, aversion or desire, and uh, there's this quality of, oh, my God, this is happening, uh, you know, um, it's kind of like, you know, we make, you know, we talk about making labels, you know, it's like, you know, we make this label, you know, the label is supposed to be if, like, there's despair, oh, there's despair, but usually our label is, more along the lines of, oh shit! There's despair, you know. So, uh, so you know, we, we experience these this this pain in life, and you know we recoil from it. Uh, uh, we we don't want it. We don't want it, and uh, oftentimes uh, we are uh, knocked off stride by it. When it comes to our suffering, our pain, the emotions that plague us, uh, we tend to uh, lack confidence, conviction in ourselves. We tend to lack confidence in our capacity to meet these experiences, uh, to be able to to be with these experiences. Uh, We lack confidence. In the in the way that uh, uh, mindfulness is often taught, uh, you know the, the mindfulness movement, if you will, largely the practice is a practice of being mindful of emotions. I mean, we don't teach mindfulness in that way so much, right? Uh, certainly, that's part of our mindfulness, but that's not really the way the Buddha taught it. But the way that it's often taught, in, in, you know, in different mindfulness programs, if you will. Uh, is to be mindful of the different emotions that arise uh, which is great but we we tend to lack confidence in ourselves and our capacity to be with these experiences so we're asked to be mindful of emotions and different things that are painful but we aren't uh, we don't come from a place of strength we don't come from a place of confidence we don't come from a place of uh, uh, conviction in ourselves uh, that's going to support us in our ability to quote unquote be with the experience of emotion pain suffering so uh, meeting our experiences of life and meeting uh, the suffering that's often attendant to the difficult experiences of life uh, requires self-confidence requires self-confidence I mean, the Buddha is a a perfect example, is our example, is our role model of somebody who had confidence in terms of dealing with Mara, right? Mara is the personification of suffering, of unskillful mental qualities, of painful emotions, you know, know, uh, on the night of his awakening, uh, it said, you know, the Buddha was assailed by Mara, the armies of Mara. And the Buddha stood still. The Buddha had equanimity. The Buddha wasn't thrown, you know, on the night of his awakening when the armies of Mara assailed the Buddha. The Buddha didn't go, "Oh my God, it's Mara! Oh my God, Mara's here! What am I going to do?" You know. I mean, the Buddha had confidence. He said, "All right, Mara, bring it on. Bring it on." You know. I see you, You the Buddha was imperturbable. The Buddha had a great confidence, a great confidence, uh, a great conviction in his capacity to be with what was painful and to take on Mara. This is sometimes uh, uh, one of the ways that a skillful warrior is described. You know a skillful warrior takes on only the battles that he or she knows that he or she can win you know he's confident in his or her ability to take on uh, whatever it is he or she is deciding to take on that's a wise warrior a skillful warrior we're asked to be warriors but we are asked to be wise warriors we take on battles that we know that we can quote unquote win and we know that we can quote can quote unquote win Uh, because we've prepared ourselves, right? And we've developed confidence through this preparation. So we develop confidence, Uh, you know, the Buddha didn't all of a sudden say, oh, I'm I'm going to, you know, find awakening and take on Mara. You know, the Buddha's path was a path of great preparation for that battle, great preparation for that battle. Uh, And we're asked to prepare ourselves in the same way that the Buddha Uh, prepared himself. So we develop self-confidence the same way that the Buddha uh, developed confidence in following the path. And that all begins with developing parami. That all begins with developing parami, developing our goodness. When we talk about parami, we're talking about our goodness, the facets of our goodness. We talk about the ten paramis of generosity and virtue, renunciation, truthfulness, effort, determination, uh, discernment, loving-kindness, patience, and equanimity. The Buddha was well-developed. The Buddha was well-developed in those qualities. Uh, So, uh, this is the Buddha's instruction for... Uh, the journey of awakening. You know? When the Buddha taught uh, students, you know, he didn't start with be mindful of your suffering. That was the last thing. That was the last thing that he taught was the four noble Truths. The first thing that he taught was develop your para, develop generosity, develop virtue, develop renunciation, learn to be skillful. And in that process, develop self-confidence, develop a strong self-esteem. In the Dhammapada, this is in the notes, the Buddha says, uh, your own self is your own mainstay. For who else could your mainstay be? With you yourself well-trained, you obtain the mainstay hard to obtain. So this is our, this is our task, uh, to develop our parami, to develop self-confidence, self-esteem, so that we can take on uh, the difficult uh, tasks that lay ahead of us in the service of awakening. So the Buddha's instruction was develop parami, and this is what he taught first, of course. You know, we always hear that, oh yeah, the Buddha taught that. Well, there's reasons why he taught that because you're preparing yourself for what's going to be a challenge. Uh, uh, We develop parami, self-confidence. With that self-confidence, then we're motivated to develop our meditation practice, and then we're able to develop wisdom. But we develop confidence on this path. We develop self-esteem by developing our parami and then reflecting on our goodness. The Buddha always began by talking about developing our generosity. When we develop generosity, we develop self-esteem. We develop self-esteem. There's two two elements uh, uh, in developing self-esteem that come out of uh, learning to develop our parami in the way the teachings uh, suggest that we develop it. So there's two elements to developing self-esteem. The first is that we learn skills, and the primary skill that we're learning for developing our parami, that we're applying in developing our parami, is heedfulness. So we develop skills uh, that enable us to develop our goodness, That are the skills that we use in developing our goodness. We develop uh, uh, these skills and we see that we have the ability to be skillful we have the ability to abandon what's unskillful and cultivate what's skillful we see that oh this is something i can do i can practice generosity in a skillful way so we see that we have this skill and we develop confidence through that so i always give the example and i learned so much about this and when my mother was ill it was a process that went on as many of you uh, were 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 witness to men, much of that throughout the years and then when she died, died when she was dying and when she died uh, i had to learn and you know, my mother was probably my most difficult person you know uh, you know if you had told me 20 years before i went through that process that i would be taking care of her i would have i would have laughed so hard you know uh, where I would have cried so hard uh, <laughs> that you wouldn't believe it. Uh, so uh, but I had I learned skills. I learned skills. so it would be a situation where I would be I would be uh, uh, taking care of my mother, I would have to go see her or take her to the doctor, I would have to do something and Of course, what would come up for me would be aversion. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to spend time with her, fear of being with her. Uh, All of that would come up, but I would be able to see that, put that to the side. This is what we call heedfulness. I would see that intention, and I would cultivate an intention to be with her with loving kindness and be with her with compassion, and I would be with her, and I would take care of her in the way that I could take care of her. So, I developed confidence that, uh, that I could develop this skill, that I had this skill, that this was something that I could do. So, we develop confidence because we learn skills and we see that we can uh, apply those skills. So, this is how we develop confidence. Uh, uh, so, and, and then we see oh, I have this goodness. I have this goodness. I didn't realize that I had this goodness to the extent that I really didn't realize it hardly at all. And, but I didn't really realize it to the extent that I, uh, that I came to realize it until I was able to develop these skills. I was confident in seeing that, okay, my karma is to not be generous, but I can be generous. I can be generous. So I developed confidence in my ability to be skillful. I develop confidence in my goodness. Uh, we see as we, as we practice in this way that we have an ability to express our goodness. Uh, we have a capacity to be good. You have a capacity to be good. you know, And you see that you have a capacity uh, to express your goodness. And you see that by applying skill and thereby expressing your goodness. You see your capacity for goodness. And there's a tremendous confidence that comes from that oh this is something i can do so i just didn't know how to do it before i didn't know how to do it i didn't have a skill the skill is a very simple skill it's called heedfulness. but i didn't have that skill once i learned that skill then i said oh i can do this before i didn't think i i want to be with my mother i want to be a good person but i couldn't you know when i would go see her and i'd yell at her and curse at her and blah 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 it's like i didn't have the skill well, once I learned the skill and I applied the skill, then I developed confidence. Oh, yeah, I can I can express my goodness. I can express my goodness. This is how you get develop confidence in your goodness, is that you express it, But you express it by, by you know, it's just not going to happen for most of us. You know, the Buddha teaches skills by which we can express our goodness. So we start to see that we have a goodness, and then the second part of... The self-confidence and the self-esteem we experience the bliss of our goodness. So I would take care of my mother. I I would practice those skills. I would see not wanting to be with her. I would be able to put that to the side and be with her with compassion and with love. And I'd say, Oh, I can do this. Damn, I'm good. I'm good. I can do this. And then afterwards, afterwards, I'd go home and I'd say, You know what? I did it. I was with her with compassion, and when I reflected on that. I experienced uh, the, the, the joy, the joy uh, that comes when we express ourselves, when we express our goodness and we reflect on it. So afterwards, we reflect and we know. This is how we develop confidence, so I develop confidence. It's like, yeah, I did this. I was with her. I spent the day with her. I was with her 93% of the time with compassion. There were a couple of times when I got a little annoyed, but for the most part, I was able to be with her with compassion. It's the same thing with all the other skillful qualities. Uh, We we, we practice heedfulness, uh, and our heedfulness enables us to develop our goodness, and we have confidence then in our goodness. And then we take joy in our goodness and we reflect on our goodness. And this is how we develop confidence. It's the same thing with virtue, the precepts, maybe it's lying, you know, maybe there's a situation where uh, you're inclined to tell a lie, or maybe you would have told a lie before, but you're heedful, you see the movement in the mind of wanting to lie, right? And you see that and you question that is that what are the consequences of that lie going to be? is this the skillful thing to do? What are the short-term consequences? What are the long-term consequences going to be of this lie? And you refrain from lying, or gradually you learn to, to refrain from lying. And you start to develop confidence. Oh, I have this goodness that I can develop. I have this capacity to develop my goodness. I have this capacity to express my goodness. And after you don't lie, you see what that's like. Ah, oh, I feel better about myself and I'm not agitated because I lied, right? You see uh, what, what the consequences are uh, and you develop a quality of self-esteem. You feel good about yourself. It's the same thing, of course, with renunciation. Uh, you know, maybe there's a certain sense pleasure you can fill in the blank, I won't go through the litany, uh, of different sense experiences, if it's the phone or the TV, again, all these different sense experiences that you may be apt to engage in. You know, but gradually, little by slowly, as you practice heedfulness, you question, you know, what are the consequences of watching this on television, or looking at the phone, or scouring the internet for stuff? What are the consequences of that? You know, is this the best use of my time, right? You ever you notice how you, like when you really indulge in a sense experience, like you feel lousy about yourself, right? You know, particularly you know, like if you're quite in an addictive cycle. I mean, there's nothing that leads to greater lack of self-esteem that, than being quite in an in an addictive cycle around something. You feel bad about yourself because you feel out of control and you're dependent on a, on, on some other kind of. Substance or some other kind of experience, sense experience. Um, So, you know, through, you know, and again, if you have addiction or uh, other issues, uh, uh, you know, heedfulness will help, but you know, you're going to need, as I did, to to find a program. Uh, But, you know, by doing that, I developed a lot of uh, self esteem, being able to stop an addiction. But, you know, we learn through heedfulness, that we can refrain from uh, sense pleasures. So there's a great confidence. Oh, I can put that to the side. And, and then we begin to see the real benefit of, of letting go of those different kinds of uh, sense experiences. Uh, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the venerable Badia, you know, the former king who uh, gave up his kingdom said as he was meditating one day what bliss what bliss Uh, so uh it's heedfulness uh, that enables us to be skillful all skillfulness is rooted in being heedful so we train ourselves it's a training we train ourselves in taking skillful action in taking skillful action we abandon the unskillful and we take skillful action, we develop this skill, we practice this skill, and it's through developing this skill and practicing this skill that you develop in self-confidence. I mean, this is probably, this is, you know, I mean, there's so many profound things that have happened to me on this path, but, you know, this is right up there at the top, you know, because I always wanted to be a good person, you know, uh, you know, for the most part. I wanted to be a good person, I wanted to do the right thing, I wanted to be loving and compassionate, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. you know. And then I felt bad about myself because all these times when I wanted to be loving and compassionate, when I wanted to be loving and compassionate to take care of myself, when I wanted to be good to myself, and I didn't know how to do that. And then of course you just feel bad about yourself, right? You, you, you have a lack of self-confidence. Then I learned these skills, and I learned a way to be able to express my goodness, and I started to develop confidence. Oh, I've got these skills. I can do this. And it was like the, the doors to the kingdom had been opened to me. And this is really what it is. The doors to the kingdom. This is how you open the doors to the kingdom. You know, And then you begin to develop self-esteem, self-esteem. I mean, I could never be with the things that are difficult and painful until I learned to do this, you know? I mean, this is what the Buddha teaches. We've all heard it before, but it's, you know, it's really hard for us to kind of appreciate that, you know, to really understand those cause and effect relationships. So we develop in self-confidence. We see that we can develop our goodness. We know the joy of our goodness. We feel good about ourselves. And then we meditate out of an appreciation of our goodness. We meditate, ultimately, you meditate out of an appreciation of your goodness. It's like, I have this goodness, I'm going to meditate in support of my goodness. You know, The meditation is going to enable me to uh, love myself and love others and take action in my life that's going to be an expression of my love for myself and others. You know? When you feel good about yourself, you want to meditate for those reasons. But if you don't feel bad about don't feel if you feel bad about yourself, it's like, why should I bother bother to meditate? I'm not going to do you know we don't do things that are good for ourselves, right? If you don't feel good about yourself, the more you feel good about yourself, the more you feel confident in your goodness, you're going to do things that are good for yourself, and you're going to meditate. You're going to meditate because you know you have a goodness inside of yourself and you want, that, you want to polish that goodness, you want that goodness to shine in the world. That's what's going to get you to the cushion, you know, in, in to the degree that we want to get to the cushion in the spirit, in the service of awakening. Because you understand your goodness and you understand that it's the most important thing and you understand that the meditation is a way for you to further develop your goodness, right? For you to further develop your goodness that's why you meditate ultimately because you have a goodness that you want to develop you know but you got you got to have confidence in, in 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 your goodness so i'm going to meditate uh in support of my goodness in my best interests right that's a term we use a lot right in my best interests but i said we do it's in our and be- in, in, in our in our best welfare right because we have respect for our goodness we love ourselves we meditate out of love for ourselves And then when there's suffering and when there's pain, uh, then there's confidence. I can meet this. I have this skill. I have this skill. I have this capacity to understand what's in my best interests and to choose that. Ultimately, we choose non-clinging. We've been talking about this in this group. Uh, we choose non-clinging. We choose, because ultimately it's a choice. We choose to to let go of our clinging. We choose to let go of our aversion and our anger towards ourselves and others, and our hatred and our desire and all the other elements of our suffering. We choose. We choose to let go of those. Uh, those aspects of our suffering out of appreciation for our goodness because we don't want to hurt ourselves we don't want to hurt ourselves we want to take care of ourselves we want to do what's in our best interests that's why it's so hard for us to let go of what's painful because we don't feel good enough about ourselves to want to stop hurting ourselves So we understand our potential, our goodness. We understand our potential for happiness of heart. We have a deep abiding self-regard based on an understanding of our goodness. But we really have to work on developing our goodness and reflecting on it and seeing it, you know? So it's a a kind of a a good question to ask. It's one that's a little hard to, to kind of grasp but you know, do I have a real appreciation for my goodness? Do I have that quality of self-esteem that is uh, the result of an understanding and a deep appreciation of my goodness? It's like, you know, when you really understand your goodness, uh, when you really understand your goodness, uh, it transcends, you know, the kinds of uh, fear that we have around meeting what's difficult because we know we already have everything that we need. You know, I mean, the Buddha was confident because I know I, I have what I need. You know, it's like Mara can't take that away from me. You know, I have that. I have this goodness. We know we have everything that we need, everything uh, that's important we have inside of ourselves. We have to start to get to know that. So when we start to get to know that, we have a wish to fulfill the potential of our goodness. And we know that that's the greatest happiness. We wish that happiness for ourselves. So the path to happiness begins with developing our parami. I mean, this is very important to to take to heart, no pun intended, uh, the Buddha's instruction. We develop our goodness, we develop confidence in ourselves. You know, confidence in in this path is so important. It's confidence in our, our capacity to express our goodness, confidence in the goodness that's in the heart. It's confidence in the heart From this place of confidence in our goodness, we make the path. So we work every day as Dharma students to develop our Parami. Every day, every day we work to develop our Parami. We're always inclined to developing our Parami. We're always, this is what he, you know, one of the words, the heedfulness uh, is trans, the word, Pali word is apamada, sometimes translated as zealousness. You know, it's like, you know, we're we're striving every day we're looking at all that we do through the lens of is this in the service of love and compassion and developing my goodness so we're always paying attention to our actions and we're learning to choose actions uh, that are an expression of loving kindness and compassion that are an expression of our goodness and as we engage in that process we develop confidence We develop confidence in our capacity to know our goodness, to express it, to know the happiness of heart. So this is our message. Develop your harami. Develop harami every day. Make this this central in in your efforts uh, in this life because this is what we'll see you through.